Welcome to your weekly astrological weather. This is your place to get practical guidance for not only surviving, but thriving with the cosmic tides. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome. It is so, so great to be here with you and especially great to be here with one of my very favorite astrologers, Georgia Stathis. Georgia is a business astrologer, a financial astrologer. She also does natal work, and she's just one of those treasures for all of us in the astrological community. And I just love every opportunity that I have to connect with her, and I love sharing her wisdom with all of you. So Georgia, thank you so much for joining us for the weekly well, weather. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. All right. So I know that we have a big week ahead. Well, actually, before I do that, if you want to learn more about Georgia, you can go to episode 158. And this is when we did a current and future financial outlook. I think it'd be very fascinating to look at that episode now. That was right before 2020. Is that right, Georgia? Or was it in 2020? Oh, I think it was right before. I think it was before 2020. Yes. Yeah, and I remember, I, was teaching yeah, I remember distinctly, I remember you saying, be willing to learn new things. Like it's mm-hmm. very important. And with the whole direction of where this world is going, that you kind of have that childlike curiosity. Oh, it aired September, 2020. So that childlike curiosity and, and you just absorb yourself in new, new learning, mm-hmm. which stayed with me, Georgia. I, I like, as I can, I, the, those, that advice has stayed with me and has helped guide a lot of my decisions over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. And I know I'm not alone. Cause I've repeated it on the podcast several times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember it, but thank you. <laughs> yes. You said that. <laughs> Okay, so let's let's start with the theme. What would you say the theme for this week is? Well, I think that the theme for this coming week, as Mercury is, you know, beginning to station to go direct. I mean, it goes direct on June third, and uh, Monday is what the the thirtieth of May, right? So it's happening in this next week. So Mercury, you know, there's there, and it's very interesting. There's a Whenever people talk about Mercury retrograde, uh, don't sign anything, don't do anything. But what I've found, this is my own experience, is as Mercury is turning to go direct, you know, stationing to go direct, that's not a bad time in the few days before it goes direct, because that's also very powerful. And the thing that's most important about this next week, because I know everybody's been having a rough Mercury retrograde. (laughs) is that when it does go direct on the 3rd of June, it's going to go direct at 26 degrees of of Taurus. And Pluto is in the later degrees of Capricorn, even though it's retrograde now. So Mercury will be trining Pluto. And that's actually a great time to get the person who didn't show up for the appointment to show up. Okay, It's a great time if you've been debating about a contract or a price to do it during that time, because we have from about June 3rd through about, I think it's the 14th of June, when Mercury goes into Gemini, where we have this little window of opportunity. And in fact, throughout this year, if you've really been paying attention to Mercury retrograde, all this year when Mercury goes retrograde, it will go direct at an Earth sign. For example, in October, October 2nd, it goes direct at 24 Virgo. It'll be trining Pluto. And that's kind of the theme for this year, even though Mercury is retrograde. 
which is tough. Now, the other part of it, too, is since the last eclipse was in, the last two eclipses were April 30th and May 15th, and the one on May 15th was a total full moon lunar eclipse at 25 degrees of Scorpio, I might add. That means that Mercury, when it goes direct, is on that eclipse point. Mm. And so what that suggests is that there's information coming, you know, and it's interesting in mythology, Mercury is Hermes, and he's the only character that can go in and out of hell unscathed. He never gets hurt. He's in and out. And he's the guide to the heroes and the heroines. Okay. So when Mercury goes direct in this next few weeks, in the next few days, there is possibly guides or little allies in the underworld that may show up. I'm getting chills when I'm saying that. Me may too. show up to help you get through this cavernous underworld that you may feel like you've been traveling through in the last three to four weeks because yeah. those eclipses have been. They've been rough. Let's just put it away. They've been rough because even the eclipses have been running very close to Uranus and they've been running very square to Saturn. And the thing about Saturn is that Saturn, I want, I don't want to get too off topic here, but I know that on the uh, 4th of June, which is, um, I think that's sun, it's what is that Friday? That's next, next Saturday, a week, next Saturday, the 4th of June. Saturn will also be stationing that day. And it'll be stationing retrograde at 25 degrees of Aquarius, which is exactly also square that full moon total eclipse of May 15th. And I have to say, I love it when Saturn goes retrograde. I'm not real crazy about it when Saturn goes direct, because when Saturn is retrograde, um, and it goes direct actually October 22nd of this year at 18 Aquarius, when Saturn is retrograde, you get to get things done that you were trying to get done when it was going direct. And I do think if you look at the U.S. chart, and I know people listening to this podcast are not necessarily from the U.S., and forgive me, I'm not being U.S.-centric here, but um, if you use the chart that we use for the Declaration of Independence, the U.S. moon is Aquarius. And so Saturn's been kind of hanging around the moon, and the moon in any mundane chart is the people of a country. And so, you know, anybody who's looking at the news with the United States, Saturn is government, it's sitting on the moon, the people in the government are at odds with each other. I mean, whether you're a liberal or a conservative, it doesn't matter. There's there's trouble in River City. Okay. Now, the other piece that's happening here, and it's 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 an interesting piece, and it kind of has been kind of um wandering in and out, but I am I'm, I'm kind of making sure we talk about this because we have had Chiron. At, in Aries for a while now. And it's, you know, Chiron's pretty slow. It's about eight years in the sign of Aries. Right now, it's hanging out in the real, in the middle degrees of Aries. And, um, the U.S. Saturn, if we're being U.S. again, is 14 Libra. So I actually, and, and also the U.S. Sun is about 13, 14 Cancer. So we have had for this whole year. And I think as we move into the end of June and we move into the solstice and in July when the, when the sun is going through cancer and we're having our solar return, we're having a Chiron kind of energy here. There's a wounding of some sort, uh, which requires teachers and education. There is sacrifice coming and there has been sacrifice in the news in the last few weeks uh, with all these terrible killings that we've been seeing, you know. I mean, the people are tired. The Saturn is on the moon in the country. now. The good news, I think, for this week is on Monday, I think it is, we're going to have a new moon, new starts, new beginnings, new plants. 
So today, huh? Monday. Oh, it's Sunday. Okay, right. Okay. Today, Thank you. Monday. Yeah. Yeah. The new moon is going to be, I think I had it written down here somewhere at nine degrees of Gemini, I think. Yeah. On Monday. And that's, if you, if you use fixed stars and some people use them and some people don't. And, and by the way, as a side note, in terms of education, the more traditional way to work with fixed stars is to look at the conjunctions, not the squares and the oppositions. Mm, Only conjunctions. Really look at the conjunctions. Yeah. So uh, so, you know, if we had, say, Saturn at nine degrees Gemini on the new moon, that would be quite significant. But it is the eye of the bull. Aldebaran, nine degrees Gemini, is very close to the eye of the bull, the red eye of the bull. And we've been having, obviously, these eclipses in Taurus, north node going through Taurus, because the nodes, the lunar nodes follow the eclipses, south node in Scorpio. And we've been having Uranus kind of hanging around that north node you know, and we'll be having a lot of connections with that this summer. And with, but thank God we've got Saturn squaring the eclipse points, because if we didn't have that, there'd be even more chaos now. Mm. That's what I think. Mm. I think Saturn is as, acting like, um, like the seesaw or the te- teeter totter in the school playground, right? The little fulcrum that you have to balance on. And yes. that's what I think Saturn is acting like right now. And with its stationing to go retrograde in the next few weeks, and for all of you listening, you listening to the podcast, look to see where Saturn is retrograding in your chart. And also, always, when you do a chart, look at the house that Saturn rules, because that house will have some rethinking going on as well. Mm. Yeah, people often just look at the house in which a planet is going retrograde, but I always include the houses that it rules, because that'll give you a more three-dimensional reading of your own personal horoscope. Okay, so, so where, that, where it's going retrograde matters, and then also look at the house that Saturn rules in your chart. Yes, yeah, and I'm not going to say whether you should use Capricorn for Saturn and Aquarius for Saturn. That's up to you, okay? I'm not telling the house system to use. That's up to you. Um, yeah. Everybody has their own system, right? But always pay attention whenever, even when Mercury is retrograde, what house is it happening in and what houses does it rule? Mm. Because those houses will have delays as well, and that's kind of like doing star trek astrology you know three-dimensional astrology three-dimensional chess right okay so now the other piece that i find quite exciting although it's not going to be as easy as sometimes is but it will be quite exciting is that we're going to have in the next few days a jupiter mars conjunction jupiter is good fortune and mars is motivation and it's about two or three degrees aries which is not exactly on the zero Aries point, but it's pretty damn close. Okay. And so one of the things about Jupiter Mars is it uh, happens about every couple of years. And what it is, is the beginning of a brand new motivation cycle in that area of your chart. And if you, if you have a lot of time, this is what I always tell my students, if you have a lot of time and nothing else to do, you could go back over the last every two years, two years, two years, look to see where Jupiter was conjoining Mars in your chart. And, and the houses that those planets rule, can't forget the houses those planets rule, and see what motivated you for two years. Hmm. And I should have looked at the last Jupiter-Mars conjunction, and I apologize. I should have looked that up before we were speaking today, but I didn't. But the one that's coming up next week is around two to three degrees of Aries, as I recall. And actually, I mean, I'm on the East Coast right now. You folks are in Hawaii. I mean, I did look at the East Coast chart. Of course, I use the Coke system, but I did look at the East Coast chart. And in the Coke system, it's happening in terms of a larger picture on the East Coast in the 10th house. So there could be a lot of new news about jobs 
uh, a lot of news about spending because Jupiter Mars can also spend a lot. Uh, and the interesting thing is that we're not there quite yet. We've got, what, a couple more days to go? Or maybe it's happening as we're sitting here speaking, I think. Uh, Jupiter Mars is was Sunday. Okay, yesterday. In the days before, usually there's a, what's the word we use? Uh, it's a rec- it, It's a reckoning. You'll see a reckoning of your finances lots of times, you know, especially with Mercury stationing to go direct. What am I spending money on? And what am I not spending on money on? Maybe I need to do a budget. And if anybody listening to this podcast would like for me to send them a free, no charge, it's a, an Excel spreadsheet that automatically will change when you put a number in it. It'll change your income and it'll change your outgo. And I use it with my kids all the time. Wow. And with science, yeah. And if anybody wants that, they can contact me and I'll send it to them in an email. It's an old Excel spreadsheet, but it works great. Georgia, you're, you know, you're going to get a lot of emails. You okay, okay with that? Okay. What's well, I can also, I can also have a, I can also have Amy put on her website at starcycles.com. I, think I can do that too. because She does that for me. I think it's a good idea or else your, your inbox is going to be flooded. <laughs> it probably will be. That's true. You're yes. so good, Amanda. You know, you're very good that way. I'm yes. just busy with information. I don't think about all these things. Yes, I'm I'm hearing you say this. I'm like, are you sure, Georgia? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell Amy. I'll get off today and I'll tell Amy to put a little notice at the top that Perfect. this is, you know, hit, go click and you can get it for free. Perfect. And we'll yeah, put, I've we'll actually been doing we'll put that link in the show notes, everybody. So just check the show notes for the link if you do want this Excel spreadsheet. Yes. Okay, okay. thanks. Yeah, uh-huh. and I think that's what people do is because Mars has to do about motivation. It has to do about spending. Okay. And actually, if you look at the U.S. chart, again, if we're looking at just the U.S. chart, it is happening right at the IC in the U.S. horoscope. And there's a lot of debates now about, well, first of all, we see money, you know, Jupiter can be overindulgent too. So the rates are going up. The rates go up and people don't know this. Yeah, they'll keep going up. And what people don't understand is when the rates go up, the market goes down. Right. It's not like it's all of a sudden happened. When they raise the interest rates, they the market goes down. However, however, if one is a savvy investor, you buy when the market is down. Right. You don't buy when the market is up, right? Yes. Um, and I think that I think a lot of people will be ordering a lot of things for like if they're doing remodels or anything like that now, because Mars is manufacturing. Mm. And so Jupiter with Mars could be, there could be more manufacturing coming up, but it also could mean that if say you're doing a remodel on property or remodel on a room or, you know, getting a new desk for your office or a computer might be a really good idea to think about doing it in the next few weeks, Mm. because Jupiter to Mars could also be, especially in Aries, prices going up again. Ah, okay. All right. So any big purchases that. Think about it as Mercury's going direct, right? At Trine and Pluto. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's that's very, I think it's one of those useful things, you know, using, looking at Jupiter Mars. But I also think a Jupiter Mars in Aries is about, if we just look at it without looking at it at any chart at all, um, it's about a first house energy. It's about people being more courageous to speak up and speak out. Take calculated risks, not stupid risks, calculated risks, where you think about Okay, if I take a risk, what's going to be plan B, plan C? To think about consequences of the risk, but still to take risks. I do feel, this is what I really feel in my heart. In the next six months, especially with this gun stuff, 
I think we're going to see some very angry people maybe making finally some changes with it. That's what I feel. Wait, angry people doing angry what? Americans saying that's enough and, and doing it at the voting booths. That's what I think is coming because Americans have had it, you know, and I, I, I mean, not to get political, but I know on uh, last week, you know, they were having uh, the Houston conference, NRA conference and bad timing is my view of that particular conference. It was bad timing, but that's their choice. But the Jupiter Mars is also good for energy for taking a new exercise program. Hmm. But make sure you can do that exercise. Don't, you know, because the, the younger version of Mars and Aries is, oh, I think I can do bungee jumping and I'm 84 years old. And oh, my God, I just broke my back. You don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> OK, you want to kind of get an assessment. But I do think Jupiter Mars in Aries is great for, you know, getting back into the exercise program that you let that you let slack while Jupiter was in Pisces. Okay. These last six months, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other piece of this is, since Jupiter will be conjoining Mars at around two to three degrees, or is conjoining Mars two to three degrees of Aries, we have to remember a couple of things here. Jupiter's only going to be in Aries for a few months. It's going to only go to about eight degrees, and it you know it retrogrades back to Pisces in October 27th, but it starts stationing at eight Aries on July 28th. So you could try to start something now and don't be frustrated if you can't start the whole thing now. Mm. You know, this could be a scouting. Mars is about scouting. Okay. This could be a scouting expedition for you folks. You know, like I do want to redo my house, you know, okay. These are the things I'm going to get this in order. Maybe I should wait on some stuff because at the end of the year, when Jupiter returns to Aries, and goes over that two to three degree degree because that's the thing about horoscopes. They never die. This Jupiter-Mars conjunction is going to be stuck in time now. So it's going to have another Jupiter return in the next few months. So if you can't start everything now, you can get it going at the end of the year when Jupiter goes back to Aries. At, you know, Jupiter enters Aries when? Um, December 20th, it goes back to Aries. So it's you just, know, right it's before the like holiday. catching waves. It's just like, it's, it's what it is. It's just yeah. like, it's like a continual wave, you know, and yes. you can't necessarily get everything done now. I mean, the Saturn right. retrograde in Aquarius, uh, actually the last degrees of Aquarius, which is in the last 10 degrees, the last decanate of Aquarius, which is Aquarius, Gemini, Libra. It's the Libra decanate where Saturn's retrograding. So it also could be in the next few months, people are really looking at their primary relationships. And, and like and reevaluating. I, like yeah, re-evaluating. I think that's definitely a reevaluation because the Jupiter Mars will be two is two to three degrees of Aries and Jupiter will continue. But one of the things I mentioned earlier in the podcast is that Chiron is also in middle degrees of Aries right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, looking at the truth in relationships and the selfishness each of us have in a relationship and how that plays a part in a relationship not working. I think that's a key thing too, hmm. you know, and to maybe learn to listen more than speak because that Mars and Aries energy doesn't always listen. And by not listening, especially as it's moving further into Aries in the next few weeks and goes over Chiron, that could backfire on you. Hmm. So, you know, when somebody's trying to talk to you about something they're feeling or what they need to do, even though it upsets you because Jupiter Mars can be also a lot of anger too. Take a moment and say, let me think about it. 
that's a good use of Mars. Mm. Is let me take a moment and think about that. Then you don't get into the confrontation. Both parties know what's on the table. And then you come back and you discuss it a little bit later. Maybe when Mercury gets back to its shadow position at 4 Gemini, 51 minutes on June 19th. Uh, new moons are great. This new moon is going to be, as I mentioned, is at nine degrees of Gemini. So where is that happening in your horoscope? I mean, if it's happening, uh, if you're in Aries rising, it's in your third house, which means maybe it's time to think about a licensing course, a correspondence course, a short trip. Um, if you're, I'm doing this off spitballing it off the top of my head. If you're a librarizing, it's happening probably around your ninth house, which is, do I want to write that book? Do I want to finish that uh, letter to my congressperson? You know, uh, if you're a Pisces rising, it's happening probably in your fourth house. Do I want to do something for my home? New moon, planting the seed. Do I want to do something for my home? Do I want to fix my library? Do I want to get shelves for my books? You know? That's how you use a new moon in Gemini. And it also can sometimes bring new information that you've been waiting for. Georgia, you know what's going to happen now? What's going to happen? All the ones that you didn't say are going to go, what about me? Okay, well, I can go through it pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, let's do you it. Want me to? Yes, it's in my head. And I'm old. I'm an old astrologer. So you have to be very patient. If I screw up, you're, you're a young astrologer and you correct me, okay? <laughs> So just in general, a Taurus rising, it would be happening the new moon in their second house. What's the second house? It's the house of how we spend our money. It's the house of our cash flow. It's the house of our value system. It's also the house of our hidden skills and talents that we need to dust off and try again. Something that works with the hands because it's Gemini ruled by Mercury, which is the hands. Okay. Gemini rising, of course, it would be in the first house. It would be close to the first house, which would suggest, yeah, maybe an exercise program where your lungs get some workouts is a good idea. First, check your lungs before you do that, and then do some exercise where you work with your lungs, okay? Cancer rising, it would be happening in the 12th house or a cancer sun if you want to use a solar chart. And the 12th house, you know, everybody hates the 12th house. I'm a Pisces. I love the 12th house. The 12th house is the house of research. And in the Vedic system, it's the house of conception of new ideas. Mm. Mm. I feel that it's the engine that runs the, the whole chart because it's your unconscious mind. And so the good thing about the new moon in the 12th house is what, where have I keep, where do I keep shooting myself in the foot? And how can I change that? And the intelligence of Gemini can problem solve it for you. Leo rising, it would be in your 11th house. Okay, what new friends do I want to make? What new organizations do I want to join? And frankly, which friends do I need to let go of? You know, what are my goals for the next year? Because we won't have another new moon in Gemini until another year goes by. What are the goals for the next year? And again, remember, this is the sun and the moon. It's a new moon. So the sun rules Leo. Where's Leo in the chart? Moon rules cancer. Where's cancer in the chart? So when you ever do a new moon, you look at the house that the sun rules and the moon rules, that it'll give you even more information. Hmm. So then we have Virgo rising. Where's that happening? Tenth house, career, bosses, authority figures. What do I want to be when I grow up? <laughs> you know, sometimes it has to do with a parent. You know, something uh, new information about a parent or a new information on being a parent, possibly a new opportunity for a professional opportunity. 
Okay, that would be for Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo. Libra, we did. Scorpio, we did not. Of course, you know, the Scorpios and the Taurus Risings are having these eclipses. So right up front for both of you guys, there's a lot of relationship awakenings happening. But if we look at just the new moon with Scorpio rising, that's going to be in your eighth house. And the eighth house is by sharing, by working with other people's resources, you thereby gain your own. Hmm. It is the support you receive from other people. It's philanthropy. It's about uh, getting us at your your will and your estate in order. You know, a lot of people don't do that, and they should, even when they're young. It's about reviewing your, if you have assets that are frozen, like, you know, your mortgages or your, you know, the loans that are out, how can you fix that? Because Gemini is a problem solver, okay? That's Scorpio rising. Sagittarius rising, for Sagittarius love to be free. United States has Sag rising. It's happening on the seventh house of long-term partnerships, both professional and personal. Uh, opportunity to meet new people that can become close to you over a long period of time. Some problem-solving issues that you might need to resolve with your partner. You know, maybe talking to them and maybe learning how they're, you know, it's an interesting thing. NLP, I, I, I think it's NLP. Yeah, I studied it when I was selling real estate. And the thing that I learned from that is that not everybody hears what we say. Sometimes you have to write it down, a list. Yeah. I mean, I have a couple of kids like that. You know, you have to give a list and they get it. You can't tell them, right? You put the list down. Uh, sometimes it's a visual person. Sometimes they're an auditory person. Sometimes they're a kinesthetic person. And that's part of that new moon in Gemini in the seventh house. How does your partner really communicate? And if there are communication problems, maybe your style is different and maybe you need to learn what each other's style is. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's Sag rising. Capricorn rising, it goes into the sixth house, which Americans I know find it very boring, the sixth house, but the sixth house is so important. Because the sixth house is the small intestine of our life. It's this, it's where we sort through what's worth keeping and what's not worth keeping. It's the closets. It's the kitchen cabinets. It's our files. It's our databases, you know? And it's the sixth house is so important because if you sort, when the new moon is in the sixth house, you're going to have a new moon in the 10th house in a few months. The sorting that you do when the new moon is in the sixth house, is a direct result of the success you have when the new moon hits in the 10th house a few months later. And that's happening for the Cappy risings, the Capricorn risings, sorry. Then there's the Aquarius risings, or Aquarius, if you want to use that too. And that's happening in the fifth house of, you know, everybody says love affairs, children, gambling on love, because that's what the fifth house is. It's about taking a gamble. It's also the house of portfolio and stock portfolio management. It's also the house that has a lot to do with workshops, classes. Believe it or not, it does have a lot to do with workshops, conventions where you learn things and have fun. Oh, excuse me. It's also babies of our mind as well as babies of our body. Just because you don't have babies of, of your body doesn't mean that you can't create a baby of your mind. And the new moon in the fifth house is about creating a baby of your mind, or at least sitting on some eggs on making that happen down the road. Um, okay, so that was Aquarius rising. We talked about Pisces rising, your home, your family, fixing things up in the fourth house. Aries, did we talk? Yes, Gemini, third house, licensing. I think we went through everybody. We did. 
That's amazing. Thank you. That was such a bonus. Everyone loves when we do that. So thank you for doing that. Well, well, I'm glad to do it. I mean, it's good for my brain because it's old. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, before we went live, she said, you can just uh, introduce me as a really old astrologer. And I'm like, oh my God, Georgia, come on. And you don't, you look so young. So it's, and you're so young in spirit. I, I mean, am. I mean, I, I want to live another 40 years healthy. I really do. I think I you do. will, Georgia. I, I really you. want to, because I have too much to do on the list. You have to make a list, folks. That's a good thing with the new moon in Gemini. Make a list. If your bucket list is getting a little short, especially for those of you who are over 70 and 75, like I am, then you need to start adding a few more things. Perfect. Those, those lists shouldn't get shorter than three. No, and it's no, and it, you've got to keep adding to that list. And it's never too late to be curious about new things, right? Yeah, There's girl. so many new things to try. And so many new things coming, especially with the Jupiter-Mars conjunction, mm-hmm. especially as Jupiter goes over Chiron in the next year, because Chiron, you know, I call it a hybrid planet because Chiron is the bridge between Saturn, which is super traditional, and Uranus is totally out of the box and wacko, right? So Chiron is the bridge between two industries, taking Mm -hmm. an old version of an industry and a new version of an industry. And with Jupiter going over Chiron, just having hit Mars in this next year, there's going to be all kinds of new industries coming in. So even though a lot of jobs are going away and industries are going away, they're making room for the new stuff that's coming in. Mm, I love that. So that's important for people to know. Yes. Very important. Okay. So uh, we did the new moon. We did Mercury going direct. We did Saturn stationing to go retrograde. Uh, We talked about Chiron and Aries at the middle degrees. Uh, We talked about the Jupiter Mars conjunction. We talked about the new moon. We talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about a lot of stuff. It's amazing. You're incredible. So if given all that, what would you say of all those transits is the most important one? And if we take that, can we can we do a theme based on that? Yeah, I would say the most important one is Jupiter-Mars conjunction, because that's rare. That happens mm-hmm. every two years. Mm-hmm. And with the new moon in Gemini at a sextile. Mm-hmm. And a sextile is a combination of one's ability and opportunities. Mm. Okay. That's the definition. So the key thing for you folks this week, if you're reading this or listening to this, is pay it, you know, Mars, listen to potential opportunity. Ask for help. If you get an idea within like 24 to 48 hours, make a phone call about it. If you use phones or go look it up on the internet or do something because there's a lot of information coming in that just needs a little fire lit underneath it with the Jupiter Mars. And especially with Mercury stationing to go direct this week. It could be that, you know, there's, what is it, a thing called synchronicity, right? Like the discussion we had a little earlier today yes. um, is that you're think you, the, the viewer, is thinking you've been wanting to do something, but you, you know, you're still stuck in a way. But there's somebody over here that you don't know anything about that wants to do something that's similar. And that if you two were to collaborate or at least talk to each other, there'd be a solution. Oh, Yes. And that's the theme of the week. And once you come to that, come together with that person, the Saturn retrograde is about, okay, now let's make a plan. Mm. Okay. I'm going to attempt to summarize some of the main points that you made. Go for it. 
Okay. And I actually have a few questions. So you, well, actually, before I do the summary, so you said on June 3rd, Mercury is going direct at 26 degrees Taurus and that it's going to trine Pluto and that all the Mercury's moving direct this year are trining Pluto. Yes, they are. And this is, you said this is opportunity. So this is, you know, if you've been trying to get a person to show up and they haven't been showing up that maybe now they will, that there's something you've been wanting to sell or, you know, there's, there's what other things does Mercury direct trining Pluto? What other opportunities does it create? Well, honestly, it's it since Pluto is the natural ruler of the eighth house, which is your savings, you know, your budgets, your income. Robert Jansky said the eighth house is the house of income. And I do agree with him on that, that a Mercury trying Pluto would be about having opportunities to get those financial things that are really hanging over your head that are making you frozen in fear to get them resolved. Mm. And a Mercury trying Pluto to, to have the freedom to release things that no longer work for you. I think that's extremely important. You know, I, I said this to somebody recently. I did actually a reading for a friend of mine. And, um, you know, Uranus has a very bad reputation of being very chaotic and very unpredictable and very explosive. You know, we know all the definitions. But Uranus doesn't do that if we're willing to let go. Uranus can be magical. It can be like if you say, okay, I'm done with this. Suddenly something shows up magically. But when you're holding on to stuff, stuff, real stuff, or things, or relationships, or jobs, or income, some whatever it's, is created, you're doing it because of fear, which is Saturn. That's when Uranus starts acting up. So the Mercury training Pluto, you know, Mercury is an idea. Mercury is about problem solving, trining Pluto, which rules the eighth house. How can I, or, or maybe even giving some, if for those people who don't give any of their time to any sort of community thing, that's another way to use the Mercury trying Pluto this year. Mercury stationing direct trying Pluto. How can I help someone in my community mm. without expecting anything back? That'll shift the energy around a whole lot. You know, it's mm. very, in many ways, it's very alchemical. Mm. In many ways, you know, and I think that's the way we can use Mercury direct in Earth signs. Trying Pluto this year, you know, Mercury will go direct. Uh, I think it's Virgo in October. It's going direct in Taurus now. And um, it went direct at 24 Capricorn on February 3rd on Pluto. So, you know, every single time it's trying Pluto, you know, and this is a window of opportunity. We don't see that happening very often. Mm. And, you know, if you think in terms of Mercury ruling the sign of Virgo in the natural zodiac, that's the sixth house in the natural zodiac. Systems, the methods, your employees, uh, your medical stuff. Mercury trying Pluto find, find out, okay, why does my back hurt, for God's sake? You know, why am I having digestion problems, sixth house, right? What is it about my diet or the food I'm eating that's creating inflammation? You know, those kinds of things. That's a Mercury direct Earth, especially Virgo in the fall, trying Pluto. Because we got to be healthy, right? Perfect. Yeah. So we can have our third act, as you like to call our it. Our third and fourth. Yeah. Our yeah. fourth act. Our fifth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, that, that, uh, Georgia calls the next phase of her life the fourth act. 
and so I've loved ever since you said that on a podcast episode, the probably that first one we did, I feel like, oh, I love the idea of that. Like having a plan for your fourth act that's like totally different than everything you've been doing the rest Absolutely. of your life. It's Absolutely. so fun. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. We have uh, also this Mercury Direct is activating the eclipse points. Yes, it is. Bringing somebody or information that yes. you didn't have last month. That's you know, fascinating. They, you know, that's interesting, isn't it? Because it yes, is, it is at the degrees of that, uh, the moon, I yes. mean, the sun, when the sun was there. And actually, it's also the same degrees as the eclipse that we had last November. Oh, okay. So, yeah, because last year, November um, 19th, we had a partial lunar eclipse at 27 Taurus. Okay. You know, the charts never die. They just stay around in the sky. So that was November 19th of last year. And the one we had in May was May 15th, both the 25 to 27 Scorpio Taurus. That's where this Mercury is stationed to go direct. And actually, if you think about it, in October, when Mercury goes direct, it'll be trining or sextiling those eclipses. Okay. So there's somebody, there's information, there's somebody coming in, little allies in the underworld. Wow. I love that. And I love how you brought up that Mercury is Hermes the one who can go into the underworld and not get hurt. Right. Uh, And so that there could be some allies, there can be some guides that are coming to help us. Absolutely. With the the themes that have come up around this eclipse, these eclipses, And then like you said, the one in November. Okay. We also have Saturn retrograde, which is a good time for us to get things done. Right. Not been able to get done while Saturn has been direct. Right. Exactly. You said that the Chiron and Aries the there's wounding that's that's activated and that there are some sacrifices that are required and coming to help us heal whatever that wounding Mm -hmm. is if we choose to see it that way i think it's a sacrifice of our egos Mm. you know i mean if you really think about everything that's happening in the world it's really all about ego Mm. and jupiter mars with jupiter eventually coming up to chiron and chiron hitting the u.s chart right on the beam i mean if you interest if you look at back in 71 and 72 and 73 chiron was in the same place it is now roe versus wade by the way not to get political but um roe versus wade was night is right when chiron 1970 early 72 to 73 january 15 73 chiron was at 14 aries where it is right now wow god you i mean you can't make this stuff up it's so precise it's amazing can't make this stuff up. And okay. it was opposite. It was opposite Saturn in the U S chart, which is government, mm. you know, so um, you can't make this stuff up. Wow. Amazing. Okay. So we have a uh, look at the house that Saturn rules in your chart. Also, where is Saturn going retrograde? Look at it yes. in your chart. Yes. And that'll give you information about the area of life that you may have some more energy to move forward now. Correct. Yeah. And get things done in the Jupiter Mars conjunction. You're saying this is the beginning of a brand new motivation, Mm -hmm. motivation cycle. Yeah. So if you want to see, if you want to get geeky, astro geeky, you can look back and see what, what was your big motivation the last two years. And then you can like start to think about what is the motivation cycle for the next two years. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a fun, uh, it's actually a great exercise for a class, you know, let's go look to see where, because it happens every two years. I mean, you're going to live at least two years, right? So Jupiter, Mars, you can go back five cycles and say, okay, where was it in my chart? What was going on in terms of motivation? What's the next Mm -hmm. two Jupiter, Mars? But this Mm -hmm. one's in Aries. Mm -hmm. 
you know, it's the beginning. Mars is in its own sign, you know. Yeah. And uh, Jupiter is the ruler of Pisces, which is the 12th house of Mars, which hmm. is intuition. Okay. To your gut, you know, the gut. And Jupiter is the ruler of Sagittarius, which is the natural mind house, which is our philosophy. What do you really believe? And are you willing to be courageous about that belief? Mm, In a calculated, intelligent, non-reactive way. You know, I was just on with Barbara Hanclough. I told you I had a call with her today. And uh, she said there was a spiritual teacher at one point in her path that said, they were talking about reaction versus responding. Mm -hmm. And the teacher's idea was how quickly can you go from, oh, wow, to, oh, well, like, Mm -hmm. oh, wow. Oh, well, that's good. And if there's a huge gap between, oh, wow. And, oh, well, there's something in there that needs to be processed. There's like something. Isn't it great? That's that's perfect. That's, that's a great lesson for Jupiter Mars. Yes. So that like, oh my gosh, you get, you know, all emotionally reactive and then just, oh, okay. Like now what? Right. Yes. Okay. Right, because Perfect. that opens the space, right. For discussion. It opens the space for discussion. It opens the space for solutions. Right. That are not based from that reactivity place. So she said that and I was like, oh, I love that so much. All right. So you also said that we could get some news about jobs and spending that this is a time of a reckoning with your finances. I love what you said just a few minutes ago about the things in your financial situation that you're afraid of and that you feel yes. frozen around. Yeah, I bet everybody, could, yeah, I bet everybody could scan their financial reality and be like, "Oh my god!" Whenever I think about this, I get frozen. So you're saying those are the kinds of things to put energy towards right now. And I think, in addition to that comment, is to be brave mm. to share what your financial situation is. You know. People who are very afraid are hiding something because they're embarrassed. Mm. You know, they have a high credit card debt. You know, they say they have $50 they're paying a month, which sounds good, but they owe 20,000, right? Right. You know, so, so not being brave enough with people that you intuitively know you can trust to tell them, I need some help in figuring out how to do this. And then having the gumption, if you will, it's a great word, gumption, mm-hmm. to you know, do the pain first before you do the pleasure, you know, mm-hmm. you know, there's an old saying, Dave Grant, he was a motivational speaker he used to say, if you have a choice between pleasure and pain, do the pain first. <laughs> and pleasure is a true reward. I love it. I love it. It also reminds me of Saturn's lesson so many times where it's yes. like, in Saturn. the discipline is the freedom. Like, yes, do the discipline thing so that you can have the freedom. You know, I That's think about exactly that with our right. bodies a lot, right? Like, do the discipline thing, take care of your body so you can dance, so you can play, so you can mm-hmm. enjoy your body, right? Exactly. Yeah. You made a great list. You said, um, and this is for the Jupiter Mars conjunction, you said, be more courageous, make calculated risks, speak up, and a great time to start a new exercise program. And that also, uh, if there are big purchases that you need to make that are dependent on manufacturing, mm-hmm. you know, things that actually yeah. physical things that need to be manufactured, right. you might right. want to do it in the next two weeks. So, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it might be a good idea because there's a lot of sales as Mercury's going direct. They're getting rid at the end of the summer, and there's a lot of talk now with the market and stuff. I mean, I'm I'm actually remodeling another property here in Florida, and I just decided to order the cabinets now. 
because I am concerned that in three months, the prices will be more. It's probably a very safe concern, actually. Yeah, Yeah. because I don't think I don't think that our costs are going to go down right away. Uh, I think we're going to continue with this inflation and um, and then people will be buying less, which would be a nice change, you know. The negative thing about Jupiter Mars is sometimes people uh, spend too much, you know, impulsively. Hmm. And and that's another thing is, you know, maybe part of the review of Mercury going direct trying Pluto is to look at, you know, how much you use credit cards for people. Because the truth of credit cards, I, I like credit cards. I pay mine off every month. But you do spend 33 and a third percent more of what you make using hmm. credit cards, at hmm. least 33 and a third percent more. Because it's not real, you know. Right. It's like you watch the young people in Starbucks, you know, and you see them buying, you know, $6 on their ATM credit card thing. Okay, well, at the end of the month, there's a bill. (laughs) I know that's why sometimes the old school kind of like envelope budgeting where you have an envelope with a certain amount of cash that's dedicated to each area of life. I mean, it's not always practical because we pay so many of our bills online and stuff, but I'm implementing things like that with my children. It's a very good, I do that. Cultivate some good, you know. Well, to become familiar with the idea of cash, you know, I mean, because, and I I, I know we're almost out of time, but there's a very funny story. When I was in California, I was coming back from PT and I stopped at a Starbucks to get a coffee or something. And there was a big line and it was in the morning and her cash registers went down. And this is a young, lovely woman, probably about 22, 23, and she's panicked because the cash registers are gone down and she can't take digital cards, right? Right. And so there's this big line and I'm in the front of the line. I said to her simply, I said, well, do you take cash? And she was so relieved when I said that. She said, oh, oh, cash. Yeah, cash works. That's a great (laughs) idea, you know? And everybody was saying there was the dollars, right? And then at the end of it, she said the most beautiful thing to me. She, I said, well, you know, I said the global positioning system is like 65 years old. If it goes down, cash is probably. And she said, I have to thank you. This has been one of my biggest life lessons. Wow. She said that to me. Wow. Amazing. Well, it was great. so weird. I do just yeah. take cash. Oh, yeah. Cash works. That's great. I can do that. Oh, good. Well, she'll probably yeah. walk around with lots of cash now. And and we yeah, should and maybe that's a good idea for people, you know, maybe they have a cash envelope, play with it. You know, people yeah. are shocked when you have cash. <laughs> and actually, you can get better deals with cash. You can get better deals with cash. You can. Definitely. You can. Ask, ask people that are doing especially service on your home and things like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. What would the price be if I paid cash? And they'll say, Oh, well, okay. Oh, yes. That's Jupiter Mars with yes. Mercury, New Moon, Gemini, and Mercury going direct. Perfect week to do that. Oh my gosh. Love it. Okay. You're so practical. Okay. You said also with that, with the um, Saturn retrograde in Libra, I love how you say Libra in the Deccan, in the the, the Libra Deccan that our primary relationships are on the highlights So reevaluating the truth in the relationship, how selfishness plays a role in it, not working. Absolutely. And you also advise to listen more than we speak. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, the new moon planting the seed, you went through all the signs or all the risings, which is amazing. And let me see if I have anything else. Listen for potential op- opportunities. Mm-hmm. Listen for potential opportunities. Ask for help. Mm-hmm. Act on ideas within 24 to 48 hours. Of the idea, a little bit of fire. So give it a little bit of action. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, situations are available and make a plan. Love very it. Good. You're very good at putting things in a list. Well, yes. I don't know if that's the. Uh, I love that about you. Is that the Capricorn Mercury? Yeah. Like to me, it like it comes through in this linear thing, and then certain things are bolded, and that's. It's very good. It's a great way to work with you. I love working with you because of that. Oh, good. <laughs> I mean, you make a list. I have a son that has Capricorn rising, late degrees. He's the same way. We work together. He says it has to be a list. I cannot yes. do everything you're saying has to be a list, right? And right. Well, it's done. a good compliment to the Pisces because the Pisces can be like all flowy all over, which is great because yeah. then, and then it's. But somebody it has to make a list. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your girl. I'm here to make a list. Okay. <laughs> all right. Everybody, thank you so much for thank being Thank you, everybody, for being enjoyed here. enjoyed this discussion thank as you. much as we did. Um, and I hope that we get to see you all very soon. Georgia, I really hope we get to see you soon. We have lots of little conspiring plans happening behind the scenes, you guys. So hopefully you will all get to see more of Georgia as well. And I wanted to just remind you about the free report that we have at astrologyhub.com. It's a free sun, moon, and rising report. And check that out. I think you'll enjoy it. It's astrologyhub.com slash free report. We also have our free uh, solstice panel coming up. So this is going to be a forecast panel where we're going to be looking at the astrology for the rest of the year. And we'll have six astrologers on giving you a read for the biggest astrological moments that will bring us through the end of 2022. And of course, we'll peer into 2023. So we'd love to have you join us for that. I actually don't have that link handy. We will put that in the show notes. If you'd like to join, that is a free um, offering from us as well. Georgia, anything that you want to mention before we leave? Well, happy Memorial Day to everybody. I mean, yeah. it already happened, I guess, because today is Memorial Day, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. If you're celebrating that and uh, yeah. happy, happy summer, you know, there's lots of new things, I think, showing up this summer. And I think we're moving through some really positive, exciting times, even though it doesn't feel like it. I think we are. I love that we can depend on you for that. I remember you saying things like that in 2020 when the world was, it was just falling apart. Out. And you you brought in such an uplifting perspective of like, yes, that is happening. And here's where the opportunities are. So yeah. thank you. For that. Always opportunities. Yes. Always opportunities. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good okay. time back home. All right. Take care, everybody. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.